Welcome to the Edge of the Sticker podcast with Brad and Bobby Frank. Hi, Bobby. Hello, Brad. How are you on this morning after daylight savings time has started? I I have to admit, I'm a little bit tired. This is not my favorite day of the year. It usually takes me like three or four days to acclimate to this one. Yeah, one hour makes a big difference. It doesn't make any sense either. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I I was thinking that I was uh, prepping for it these last few days because I was getting up earlier than normal for no particular reason. And I thought, you know, I'd just slide right into it. But uh, my... When I looked at what time it was when I woke up, it was an hour later than I was planning. So here we go. I woke up at, I think my watch said 9.30 something. I'm like, how did I sleep till 9.30? Yeah. And granted, I was out really late last night, but that's really unusual. So I woke up in a panic like, oh man, the dog is still (laughs) asleep. Who knows what's going on down there? (laughs) Yeah, the the dogs don't seem to um, follow the change in time quite as well as we might like. Well, they're okay with this direction. It's the days that it's the fallback day where you lose out on the extra sleep. That's true. Yeah, that's the real problem. But we get set in these routines and and just the, the introduction of an hour change turns everything upside down. Yeah. Well, we'll appreciate it tonight when it's still light at seven o'clock. I like that. Yeah, then it's hard to go to bed. Right. Well, and that's why I think tomorrow's <laughs> the hardest day. Tomorrow's the day where you really feel it. Yeah, because you actually have to wake up at a particular time. Right. And I always everything I, that was scheduled. I go through the well, it's really only Ten thirty, kind of right, and uh, sure, we're having dinner, and it's it's actually five o'clock, so we're having dinner at a uh, at a ridiculously early time. Although for uh, for people who intermittent fast, like I do and you do, yes, it's like an early lunch today that's fully justified (laughs) and acceptable. Yeah, look at the time. It's, it's <laughs> 12 o'clock. Hours. Wow. Uh, uh, as I look at the clock, it is. It's 11.34. So it's only 26 minutes till lunch. Till <laughs> <laughs> lunch. Instead of an hour and 26 minutes. Yeah, this is an easier day. It's, it's again, it's, it's the opposite of fasting right now. Well, there you go. It's just all a matter of perspective. If you If you put any change in the right context... Then uh, you can <laughs> you can find the silver lining. Yeah. I, I think there's uh, there's something to be said for that, huh? You know, we're we're looking the baseball trip that we're going to go on is in Orlando, and we're looking at the weather, and it's um, you know fifty percent chance of rain. Laura said that yesterday, and so I decided no, no, it's fifty percent chance of sun. We're going right. to go for that. And uh, try to keep the positive attitude, and it can make quite a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like focusing on the uh, the 90% of your life that's good instead of the 10% that sucks. And when it's hard right. to 
Not that you necessarily have 10% that sucks, but if you did, <laughs> it's easy to get mired down in that, right? Right, or whatever percentage. Because there probably is another, there, there is an opposite side that if you decided to look at, could create a um, just a whole lot better way of getting through the day. Yeah. Um, sort of what we had referenced in the book about Viktor Frankl and, um, you know, taking control of what you can. And no matter, no matter what your circumstances are, you do have the choice of how you respond to them. So yep. um, you can't control other people. You can't control what they do or even what they do to you, but you can control how you respond. And sometimes you end up with an early lunch. Yeah, right. And so taking the idea of this is not my favorite day and turning it around to this is an opportunity to be able to eat earlier or have more sunlight at night or, or, or there, it, there's lots of things we can turn around, but it does take an effort to um, overlook that initial hiccup that makes you want to just go back to bed. Well, we had a big week this week. We did have a big week traveling up to uh, Milwaukee for a speaking engagement. Which was, a, I think, a, a, good, a good experience. It was, it was fun to go up to Milwaukee. We got, as you said, Chamber of Commerce weather in the middle of March or the beginning of March. It was in the 40s and sunny and really nice. Milwaukee yeah. is, a nice, is a nice town. Yeah, surprisingly nice. It really is. They got a big lake. They have a big lake. They've got good food. They have, uh, it's kind of a, a very chill vibe, no pun intended. And it was a, um, <laughs> you know, it was good to go up and do the talk and do the, uh, uh, get to see Kyle, see him in his, in his environment. And uh, it was just, it was good to get together again to do these things. I, I'm liking doing the presentation. Well, the cool thing is that, uh, so we spoke at a, at a law firm to a group of about 50 people, <clears throat> some attorneys, some paralegals, some, uh, some office staff. Uh, so a, a mix of people, um, all with different perspectives and different jobs at the firm. And this is a big law firm um, that for their March uh, wellness program, I guess uh, they decided to focus on on mental health. So they had us up there to deliver a presentation about mindfulness and dealing with trauma and um, being able to achieve a work life balance that is supported by the firm um, and encouraged as a way of not only leaving the firm to go do something else, but you know, you recharge and you want to come back and do good work again. So it was a, um, sort of a, a, how to be involved and happy and focused and deal with the very real pain that they witness on a daily basis of people who are coming in the office because they've gone through some things that have upended their lives. Yeah, it's interesting how the stuff we talk about, uh, it doesn't really matter what the context is, whether it's a professional context like that or one-on-one -on -one with an individual. 
dealing with some issues, um, the lessons are all pretty much the same. And the idea of uh, you being able to have some agency over what uh, what direction your day takes. I mean, at a very granular level, you know, these are decisions that people make every single day and things that they have to deal with every day. And, and the way that they, uh, the, the way they, they handle it, um, you know, that's, uh, that's rooted in all of the things that we talk about in the book and that you talk about every day with people. Right. Uh, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are or what, what you do. Same stuff. Same stuff applies for sure. And we saw that certainly in the room uh, in Milwaukee and the comments that were made, questions that were asked, and just the reception of the material itself, too. I, I had somebody who had approached me afterwards, uh, and his question, the broad question was, how do you manage your stress and and being able to, you know, have that control in situations that you don't have any control in. And so I asked a little bit more and, and, you know, he has two kids. One is, I think he said three and the other is one. And when he comes in the door, it's like, he's just, just bombarded and he's had a long day and he would like to be able to have some time to recharge so that he could then engage with, with the kids. But, you know, they don't care that he's been working all day or what it is that he's heard on the phone or clients that he's worked with. They just want daddy. And, um, so he asked if I had any suggestions on how you manage a situation like that. And, and I actually did for that one. And it's something that, um, that I experienced too, <clears throat> is that idea of, you're not going to get this back. So when you walk into the house and and the kids are, are coming at you or the dog or, or whatever, and you just want to go to the bathroom, you just want to set your stuff down, you just want to take a rest, you just want to work out, whatever it is that you want to do, um, th- these things, can you can look at them and think of them as inconveniences, as things that get in the way of you being able to get to your ultimate goal until you realize that you don't get this forever that this chance to interact with your kids and their excitement to see you when you walk in the door is not a forever guaranteed thing. And so if you can, if you can remind yourself of that in the moment, sort of exhale and decide, I can wait to go to the bathroom. I can wait to grab something to eat. I can wait to work out and just spend the minute or two or three, just, you know, tickling them or saying hello or asking about their day or or whatever the, the situation requires. Um, you really end up feeling so much better. And of course they do too. And what you do is you, you are building for this future expectation that, yeah, these people are important. I don't have to get through them to get to what I want to do. I'm trying to get home to them in the first place. This is why I'm, you know, doing what I'm doing when I'm away. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can get so caught up in our routines and needing to get boxes checked and tasks undone that we look past the, really important stuff that's waiting right there as, as we open the door. But we do have to give in to um, give in to what it is that they're looking for instead of what we're anticipating, you know, giving up our expectations. And that exhale is so important to uh, literally just kind of exhale and say to yourself, this is not forever. This is mm-hmm. not something I get to do forever. I'm taking advantage of this right now because this is the good stuff. So would you call that sort of compartmentalizing? leaving your stuff at the office, getting home and, and being in that moment, or is it 
integrating it into it, into your day and into your life. Well, in, in that particular sense, I, I don't know that it's either because it's really it, the routine that we talked about earlier. You know, we, you, you get in your routines and breaking the routine because there's something else that's more important than the routine, the completion mm. of the routine. Um, compartmentalizing maybe to the stand, to the extent that instead of needing to rush to whatever that thing we're going, we can put that away for a little bit and where, what, what we've come from work or wherever we put that away and we open ourselves up time-wise, attention-wise to, you know, the kids who can't wait to, to roll around with dad. Um, but I don't think of it so much as a compartmentalizing as it is just being present in the moment, being willing yeah. to acknowledge that what's happening in the moment takes precedence over whatever plan you had or expectation that, that you may have had as you were driving home and what you couldn't wait to do. I've been working at home for a long time and uh, haven't had kids you know, of that age that are, that are excited to see you when you walk in the door <laughs> for, for a lot of years. Uh, but I definitely remember sort of putting away work when I mm -hmm. left the office and coming home. And, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of like that, that TV show on, uh, Apple Plus, it's called Severance, where mm -hmm. there's a physical, like a surgical procedure that they perform on these people, and they only they only exist at certain times of day in whatever re reality they're supposed to be in at that moment. So either they're at work and they have no uh, no perspective, no awareness of what their outside of work life is, and vice versa when they're at home or outside of the office, they have zero awareness that they even have a job anywhere that mm. they, that they do anything. So, <laughs> and I, I kind of remember feeling that way when I would come home, it was, uh, it was put away the work and now it's family time. It, it was not uh, a continuum necessarily, uh, where it all worked together. Um, I suppose it would have been different if I had been working at home all that time with kids in the house. I can't imagine what that would have been like. Yeah, there wouldn't be that separation, of, yeah. uh, you know, to, to kind of walk through the vortex to get into whatever that, you know, whether you're coming from work to home or the other way around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was talking to someone the other day who relocated from Nashville to Murfreesboro, which is about without traffic, 20 minutes, but at the end of the workday can be an hour and 15 minutes. And, mm -hmm. uh, she was really looking forward to that decompression time from when she left the office to when she got home and, uh, kind of figured that that what she expected would be 30 minutes would be, you know, personal time. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> All it is is sitting in traffic and being annoyed now. <laughs> yeah, the, the promise of the windy road and the sports car with no traffic around as you just enjoy the wind through your hair with the top down doesn't really materialize a whole <laughs> no. lot in the reality of life. 
<laughs> not, not even for a moment. So I think that uh, <laughs> she didn't get that fulfillment that she was looking <laughs> for out of uh, out of the move to the the very distant suburbs of Nashville. Yeah. It, it's a good idea, and and yeah. I do think that there that you know the difference between having a commute versus just opening the door and being in the middle of it. Um, that there probably is something that allows you to to shift your attitude and shift your focus um, in a in a more gradual way. But the it, it's hard to go from full work mode to full family mode, just like it's hard to go from a full run to a complete stop. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you can't run into the wall. So having that, and, and I think that may have been what this question was really about was how do you, how do you make those transitions more manageable so that it doesn't feel so herky jerky? I mean, you know, today with the daylight savings time or the, I don't know if, are we into daylight savings time or we, did we just leave daylight savings time, but this time shift, we're into it. Okay. So we're into daylight savings time. Um, it's a, it's a, it's only an hour. It's, it's only an hour, but it just has, feels so big and it just shifts everything around. Just like moving from work to home or the other way around. Um, it's just, it's a big shift. And, and the hats that we wear and the personas that we adapt or adopt rather are, um, you know, they're different. We're not we're not the same because the requirements and the expectations are different as we're in different situations. So fluidly moving between those um, isn't always so easy, particularly when you're tired or when you're mm-hmm. stressed and kind of overwhelmed. Um, and that hard part about not bringing work home or bringing home to work if if that's you know where the stress is, uh, that's it's not easy. Um, and yet we're all required to do it. Most of us are required to do it every day, several times a day. Mm-hmm. So managing the transitions, um, you know, we, we've talked, we talked, I think in the book about managing transitions in general, kind of a bigger, bigger idea, but this is daily stuff. We transition yeah. between, you know, work person and home person or friend person or intimate partner person or whatever, you know, we have all those different things and they all require something different of us. When you really think about it, all those different hats that are simultaneously either on or shifting between, it's pretty remarkable to be able to move between all that stuff. You remember that, uh, you remember that Bugs Bunny cartoon growing up where the hat I think it was a big trunk full of hats that the wind would pick up a hat and then, you know, land a hunting cap on Elmer Fudd and oh, something yeah, else yeah. on Bugs Bunny and yeah. and they'd shift, you know, uh-huh. and they would assume the persona of whatever the hat would uh, would infer that you would become. Yeah. So I think maybe that was accurate. We learned all of our most important life lessons from uh, from Bugs Bunny and from Acme. Yes, Acme. Acme was the Amazon of the time. It had everything that you could possibly need. Most of it blew up. But uh, yeah, the, the the metaphor of that is is really kind of cool when you think about it. Just the 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 random shifting of the hat. Yeah. Um, 
and it's maybe it's not so random because some of those hats we choose um, or are, are channeled into, but yeah, we do have, we do have these different things that we have to meet and, and the fluidity of our transition between those hats in some ways is probably predictive of how happy and fulfilled we are. Um, Cause you can't, you can't ignore these hats. They, they really, they're really things that we're required to do. And if you find yourself resentful or angry or, um, or just dissatisfied with some of the hats, then it seems to me that you gotta, you gotta figure out how do you deal with that to make them better. So you're not trying to avoid them or so that the anticipation of them doesn't get in the way of you being able to do the other stuff you need to do. Yeah. Well, and you got to see, uh, you got to see your son <clears throat> wearing a different hat than you'd probably ever seen him wear, wear too. The professional, yeah. you know, so that's yeah, kind of cool mean, too. It is cool. He even said, you know, it's, it's weird that he's the one who has the card key to get into the office now. Instead yeah, I of the other way around. <laughs> I kind of thought yeah. that. Yeah. 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 That, yep. that he was, he was buzzing us in instead of the other way. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's cool to see. It's cool um, just to watch the the progress. And, you know, I, I saw all the steps or a lot of the steps that went from where he started to how he got here and just to see the accumulation of that and his happiness and the success that he's having there is, is really neat. Um, you know, in addition, he's off the payroll. There's something to be said for that too. But, uh, <laughs> but for the most part, it has to do with finding – you know, him at a place where he's happy and content and thriving and um, to not, not have to take just a, not take just the pride part of it, but also a little bit of the satisfaction of, all right, good. You know, that one, that worked out. It's kind of cool to see that. Yeah, it, it was cool. It was cool to see it. It was cool to, uh, to be in his office and, yeah. uh, to have seen him launch. So yeah, that's absolutely. Cool. It's, yeah. And, and I, you know, there was extra pressure for us when we went in to do the presentation because we didn't want to embarrass him. Um, right. You know, how much of, how much of a parent's life is thinking that their kids are going to embarrass you, but now you don't want to embarrass them. Yeah. So all things shift over time, right? There is that circle. For how many years are your kids? That's all that they're worried about is that you're going to embarrass them. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, they go from from the stages of uh, of how they look at you over the years, and he was probably until five years ago was in the ah, I'm so embarrassed by my dad or by my parents <laughs> kind of mode no matter what you did right and now he's uh inviting you into this new role basically <laughs> where well and that's kind of cool yeah i mean there there is something kind of neat about that just to that he would want us to come and feel comfortable with us coming is is yeah. neat. so we've um we've reached a level of mutual respect i guess guess that allows for for that kind of stuff to happen yeah but, well everybody's yeah. an adult now so it, it changes those interactions 
yeah changes the relationship and and he's a big boy so he gets to you know make the decisions and i'm not there to to judge it or to try to change it so it's um yeah there's there's more of an equality too i think that exists yep and and so for that back to the the guy who asked me the question you know there isn't an equality in a relationship when you're the dad of a or a parent of a one and a three-year-old you know that is a hierarchical relationship that is going to stay that way for a while and so they look up to you and you know please 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 and you get to decide do i do i participate or not and the the reality is is that the more you can be aware of their needs and the more that you can try to be connected to them and meet them where they are, um, the better you're going to feel too. Uh, because it won't feel to you at the end of the day, like, wow, are my priorities, my priorities skewed to what I'd like them to be? Or am I spending the time and walking the walk in a way that I'm, I'm comfortable with? Or do you look back in your mind's eye and think, you know, if only I would have, and we don't want to have, we try to avoid the, if only I would have. And when you've got the, um, when you have the foresight to recognize what's really important to you, then that exhale and that being present in the moment gives you the chance to avoid those, to instead engage in the way you want to engage. Are we going to have a guest on one of our coming podcasts? We are going to have a guest. We're going to have uh, Reggie Ford, who is an author of a book uh, called PTSD. Uh, that he wrote a couple of years ago and he was, he really helped uh, us on in the early stages of writing our book sort of helped navigate some of the, uh, the publishing questions and the business side of, Mm -hmm. of the book world. Um, But Reggie's a really interesting guy and a really good guy um, who played football at Vanderbilt and uh, played football at at uh, a high school in Nashville here, and just has a, a interesting story, interesting perspective, and uh, is kind of a champion of mental health related uh, issues, especially for African Americans. So mm-hmm. I think it'll be an interesting conversation that that we'll have with him next week. That'll be good. I'm looking forward to that. Well, on that note, I'm looking at the clock, and uh, it's lunchtime. <laughs> Not even that hungry for some reason, but <laughs> yeah, I could probably wait another hour after this. Time. <laughs>